Welcome. You're listening to audio from Life Church in Chico, California. We're so glad that you're here. Life Church's mission is simply to connect people to Jesus. And you can find out more about our mission and who we are on our website at lifechurchchico.org. All right, let's dive into this week's message. All right. The very first thing I'd invite you to do is just open your Bible. If you do not have a Bible, um, there's one in front of you. Um, or I guess I heard the other day, click or flip to your Bible. So um, I would really, I, we're going to have the scriptures up on the screen, but this morning I, <clears throat> oh man, I have so many thoughts. This has been a, I've described it as a heavy week. It's a week of rejoicing in a lot of ways with, of course, most of you know, the Roe v. Wade overturning. And so there's a lot of celebration to do because of that, thousands and millions of, of prayers to, to bring life and support life. And uh, it also comes with a burden. It also comes with a heaviness. Um, I, I was describing to our, our team uh, when we met before services, just it, it, it almost brings more of a divide. And, and as believers, as Christ followers, our, our mandate, check it out, is love, not division. It's love. No matter what side you fall on, it's, it's love. It's got to be love. And so I'm going to, uh, as I was preparing for this message, uh, we're in the midst of this, this series called How to Church. And I think it's only God's humor that he would bring us to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17, 18, and 19. Um, and so first, please turn there if you would. But also it, go to 2 Timothy chapter 3 as well. As I was preparing for this message, um, I just kept on reading, I mean, shocking. I just kept reading scripture. That's supposed to be a really good thing. Somebody should have said like, hallelujah, amen. Like (laughs) I just kept reading scripture and I couldn't, I couldn't even go to anything else. I was just going from one passage to another, just chewing on things, especially from this passage in Ephesians. So here's what I'd love for you to do. If you do not have a Bible, please, please take the one in front of you, take it home, begin to to get a steady diet of the word of God in your life daily. Um, And in fact, we have reading plans um, at the the welcome table. So grab one of those. If that helps, just get you in the word of God. Um, The word of God should be our solid foundation, our our way of life. It should be uh, what points us to decision-making. It, it points us to wisdom. It points us to Jesus. Um, it, it speaks t- to calming our emotions because our emotions and our feelings often dictate where we're supposed to go in life. And in fact, that's often the wrong course. It is actually supposed to come to the word of God that should confront me at times and say, whoa, 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 I know you're upset about this. I know you've got some feelings about this. I know your emotions are high about this, but what does the word of God say? And if we trust the word of God, which at Life Church, oh my goodness, do we believe in the word of God? We believe in the power and the authority of the word of God. We believe it is active. We believe it is living. We believe that is, I would say it's outside of time. God's outside of time. It's his word. He, 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 it's God, God breathed. We're going to read that in a second. So, so if God put it into motion, he's outside of time. So what was good for then is good for now. It'll be good for tomorrow. Does that make sense? So, so that's why when we approach the word of God with, 
with, with um, uh, a sacred heart that we wouldn't just flippantly go, eh, let's just, you know, open the Bible and figure out what I'm supposed to read. No, that I would come to this like a meal. Like, I, I think our nation, our churches, our congregation, each of us in a lot of ways, we are hungry, we are thirsty, we are ready to receive the fresh bread of life. I don't know about you, but I need a good meal. I need to know what the Lord says. Because, oh boy, I want to say some things. But I want to come with a spirit that says, Lord, I humbly come to you for you to lead me and you to guide me and you to direct my steps. And how can, can the Lord direct my steps if I'm outside of his word? So I come to, to, the, to the plate hungry and thirsty and wanting to know, Lord, what are you saying? What are you speaking? And in a moment in season in life, it seems like every other week, there's just this massive thing that happens and it's all in our faces. And goodness, if you're on social media or, or listening to the news, it is just like in your face and you've got to decide which side are you on. And as soon as you choose a side, you've already cast out a, 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 a side that Jesus desperately loves. So can we as a church be peacemakers? And check this out. I feel like the Lord gave me this word about a peacemaker because I know many peacemakers, including my wife. They're actually in the middle of the fight, bringing people in. Peacemakers hate that job. <laughs> I don't want to be in confrontation. I don't want to be in that. But, but a peacemaker that Jesus calls us to be brings us in. And, and brings the outside in. Are you with me? So good morning. Welcome to Life Church. If I don't know you, I really do want to meet you. Um, but I, I just feel like I haven't preached for six weeks, so maybe this is some of that, but I just think this week the Lord is like, you are reading scripture. We're going to read scripture this morning. I'm going to comment on some of it, but we're going to read we're going to read. Is that okay? So, so that's why I want a Bible in your hand. Put it on your phone. Put it in your hands. Do whatever you need to do. Um, but this is your pastor kind of putting on my pastor hat and saying, get in the word with me, would you? Because it's not my authority, it's his authority. And we need to follow his authority, not, not mine. But I'm, I'm, I'm leaning in to his word. So we're gonna start, in, I'm gonna jump all over the place. I'll give you a head, head, head start on getting to the scriptures if you need to. But 2 Timothy chapter three, I'm gonna read this. It starts in, in verse one. I'm just gonna read one through five. And then we're gonna go from there. So one through five says this, but mark this. And by the way, check this out. Sorry, little side note. We're in Ephesians, right? The study of Ephesians, how to church. It's the, it's the body of Christ, God's instrument. That's what Ephesians is all about. But this is Paul writing to Timothy, who is the pastor of Ephesians. All right, so this all kind of coincides together anyway. It says, mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. Friends, we are in the last days as of Pentecost. We are in the last days. That's where we are. It says this, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents. Not in my household. That's right. My kids in 
ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, lovers of, uh, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Check this out, verse five, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Friends, that's the world. And when I say world, I mean the culture that is the world, okay? So, so don't necessarily picture the person that you are very much in disagreement with, but this is the spirit of the world. That, that is really, this comes from the enemy, it comes from the devil, that is like, yeah, let me throw all these things in your way. You'll never see the light of Christ. I'll make your life so dark, you'll never see the light of life. And friends, our mission statement at, at Life Church is so simple. Connect people with Jesus, who is the light, all right? Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Verse seven, it says this, they're always looking, but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Jesus is the truth. So I, I can learn all day long. I can gain all the things. I can fill my brain up with all the knowledge and all the things. But some, one, of the, one of the most famous quotes about that is, sometimes the heart to the brain is the longest distance. Friends, whatever barrier is in between your, your, your thinking, your brain, your, your thoughts, and your heart, it needs, it, there needs to be an unblockage. Uh, we just saying that, that the Lord is, is the... Um, Oh, what was it? Bondage breaker. This is, this is a powerful God that we love and we serve and we go to. And sometimes our bondages need to be broken off. And it's all through the power of truth that brings freedom. And this is the truth. Can I get an amen? Okay, so, so move on. Just flip over uh, to, to the end of chapter three, verses, verse 16. So Paul's saying, hey, Timothy, check it out. Here's all the things that's gonna happen in the last days, all these rough things, all these awful things that by the way, <clears throat> we're not innocent of, okay? When I read that, I'm not actually looking at the world. I'm, I'm doing a self-assessment. Lord, is there anything in me first? So it's a me first attitude here at Life Church. I've got to allow the Lord to speak to the areas of my life that are, that are of the world, okay? So it is not looking outside and saying, you got to get it together. No, this is Paul talking to the church. So there's a little bit of a like, oh, I guess I got to get uncomfortable first if I want anybody else to, to be uncomfortable. Does that make sense? So here we go. This is why at the very end of this chapter, he says this in verse 16, all scripture, everybody say all scripture. It's God breathed and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, to train in right ways of living, pointed at the Lord, so that the servant of God, not the world, okay, check it out. He's not talking to the world here. He's saying, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So we together come to scripture. We come together with, with the word. And we are the ones who respond to the word that we say, Lord, if there's anything that needs to be <clears throat> rebuked, I know we don't like the, the like, hey, dude, like that fit of rage right there, it's not acceptable. 
I would say that to my kids, and I know I, I allow the Lord to say that to me. No, it's not acceptable. That's not who you were made to be. That's, that's not a, replica, a reflection of Christ or a, or a correction. Hey, you know what? You're, you're kind of going off to the side here. Remember, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Not these weird philosophies of the world or ideologies that we so lean into. No, 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 no. Quick correction, correction course. Okay? And training for righteousness. When I read the word, I'm, I'm, I'm almost like it's a workout. I'm, I'm saying, Lord, teach me the right way to live for you. So that's why we come to scripture. Now, verse, uh, chapter four says this, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, listen to these words, friends, this is heavy, who will judge the living and the dead in view of his appearing in his kingdom. There's a judgment at the end of the day that we are all gonna come to the seat of Jesus and there's gonna be a moment and I need, to, I need to say, I, Jesus, I love you. I've accepted you. I've been living for you. Amen. But, but that's why we have the Great Commission, because there's a bunch of lost souls out there who need the love and the life of Jesus and the hope. Okay. He says this to Timothy, he says, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage. Please hear this so much. Please hear this with great patience and careful instruction. In order, in order to have an impact in somebody's life, you might have to wait years. You might have to wait decades. With great patience, I'm going to love. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait. And I'm going to share the love of Jesus every possible chance I can. Because I know there's this judgment coming. And I, I'm going to do everything I can with people in my, in my network, in my family, to, to just simply love. But this is for the church too. The correct rebuke and encourage is, is actually Paul talking to Timothy for his church. It's for these things, but with great patience and, and careful instruction. So, so when I see things, especially online, <clears throat> not that it would be any of you, like we have to have great care with how we respond to, to everything. And this is why I say, all over and over again, it's kind of been my mantra, stop having a reaction, have a response. Don't react to everything. It's like the, the enemy's trying to poke you. What are you gonna say about that? What are you gonna say about that? What do you think about that? How are you gonna say that? How are you gonna defend that? What are you gonna do about that? Poke, 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 poke. But with careful instruction and patience, I can come to the Lord and I can just say, Lord, what do you want from me? How do, you, how do you want me to live the way, not, way, the way you're asking me to live? And how, how would you like me to respond? One of my favorite stories, you might know this, is Nehemiah. Like he, oftentimes when Sanballat and Tobiah and all the bad guys kept, kept saying, what are you gonna do? You're, you can't do that. All these accusations, all the things. 
You know what I love maybe the most in that story? Not, not just that he was a man of prayer and fasting, by the way. Sometimes he didn't even respond. So silence is not violence. So get that lie out of your head. Have a response. A godly, wisdom, patient, peacemaking, caring, thoughtful. I love that individual because the Lord does. So therefore, I'm going to figure out how to wrap my arms and my heart around that person. Verse three, for the time will come when people, again, he's talking about the church. Time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. In fact, some of you might be just squirming right now because of what I'm saying. I don't know. I hope not. People will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears just want to hear. They'll turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. As soon as you stop looking at the word and chewing and eating off of the word, you'll begin to be, want to hear the things that you really want to hear that, that suits your emotions and your feelings and, and it feeds your flesh. This feeds your soul. And this says to your flesh, get in line. You don't get to do just whatever you want to do. That's unhealthy. It's not godly. In fact, it's idolatrous is what the word would say. Are we tracking right now? Is this a little heavy? But I feel like this is what the Lord wants to speak to us this morning. So welcome to Life Church again. <clears throat> we, do have, we do like to have fun here, I promise. But there's a balance, right? Like, I don't want to just have a Sunday church that just meets together. Ooh, yay! And then you go live a horrible life. I want to have deep purpose and deep meaning, which also I think replicates to, to a lot of fun, a lot of connection, and a lot of, you saw it on the stage here with the youth team. That's, that's, that's the sweet spot right there. Okay, moving on. I have so much scripture to cover. I don't know if I'm going to do it. So they're going to turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, everybody say you. Me. Me first. It's me. Keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. Keep your head, have great instruction or have great patience, careful instruction and help uh, and walk with the Lord in these ways. Okay, let's go to Ephesians. We're gonna go to Ephesians now. Ephesians chapter four. All right, Ephesians 4, this is where I started laughing and, and crying out to the Lord. Are you kidding me? You, talk, you want me to talk about this? Thanks a lot, Pastor Chris. You could have done all of chapter four last week, but yet you give me this. Now, hey, by the way, I, I just got to give a shout out for our, the, those who have been teaching and pastoring us over the last five, six weeks since I've been out. I just, I love that we have not just this guy. I get tired of this guy. So it's incredible to have other voices in our church that rise up and share the word of God. Pastor Lana, Pastor Chris, Pastor Fred, who have all spoken. Oh my goodness. If you haven't heard those, please go back and listen online. By the way, we got a podcast going that's been phenomenal. Like I haven't, again, I haven't really been on it lately, 
which is also an incredible thing. And I love hearing from all the different people that I've been sharing with Pastor Chris on there. Okay, chapter four, verse 17. Actually, I have to share 15 because it connects with, with 17. It says, instead, it's not on the board, verse 15. Instead, speaking the truth in love, okay? I just hammered that home. You've got to speak the truth in love. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Christ is the head of life church. I promise you that. So, verse 17, so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord. I, I insist, I'm like saying, I'm exhorting you. I'm charging you in the name of the Lord. I'm pleading with you. That's what that word insists. It's like, please listen. That you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. In the futility, you got to mark that word futility. We're going to hit on that in a little bit. In the futility of their thinking. In fact, I'm going to share it right now. That futility is emptiness. It's purposelessness. It's, it's like a lack of care or maybe even, even leans to like a numbingness. So in the futility of the way that the Gentiles, and he's speaking of the world, the futility of their thinking, check it out, verse 18, it says, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God. The further you are away from God, the darker, the darker it becomes. Because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have, been, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. Uh, please hear me say this. Uh, you want to talk about some specific things that the Word of God point out. Greed is just as much part of that. So, so that is just as much of a sin as, as sexual immorality. Often intertwined uniquely in scripture. Love of money, love of the flesh, love of the life, the big life. The, the life that lasts about this, this long. And then you go, wow, I'm so lost. It is so dark. So having lost all sensitivity, oh, and they are full of greed, okay. So I need to, I need to kind of back this out. And, and by the way, I'm just looking at the scripture with you. So, so when, when you're darkened in your understanding, you're further away from the Lord, the, the light of Christ, okay? And then what happens, it's a domino effect. That's what we're reading here. As, as I'm in the dark, I'm, my heart is hardening. You know, when there's no light, there is no life, right? Like literally, like scientifically, when there's no light, life can't exist. Maybe in Alaska, because it's really weird out there, but really there's no life out there either. So, I mean... But when there's no light, there's no life, there's no trees, there's no flowers, there's no plants. It just becomes death. So, so hearts get hardened. And, and what happens when a heart gets hard? It, it becomes, it says you lose all sensitivity. Listen, we need to be a sensitive, sensitive people where we feel the depths of pain for others. I might not understand, but I can say, hey, I, I see that you're hurting um, so, so that's why you need to, wow, I don't know, somebody, are we good? Is there an emergency? Felt like there was an emergency. What was I saying? 
Maybe I shouldn't have said, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Don't be so sensitive, people. Come on, relax. I was talking about like, like compassion fatigue. It's, I learned a lot about this with campfire. Obviously, many of us endured that and, and went through that in all the different ways. But after about three to six months, the, the huge rise of volunteering and helping, amazing, heroism, and a huge crash on help because of compassion fatigue. We've got to maintain a level of compassion and sensitivity in this way. So when you're hardened, when you're, when you're in the dark, your heart gets hard, then you lose sensitivity. When you go numb inside, check it out. When you go numb inside, I'm just, I, I'm talking about what Paul's talking about here. When you go numb inside, you lose sensitivity. What are, what, what, what's the one thing that you can feel? The flesh, your senses. So then you go to something that hopefully you can feed your soul. So that's why it leads to sensuality and, and immorality. So, so you're, you're trying to do something with your flesh that's, that you're trying to make an answer to, to get to this place that brings light or life into your heart, and it's just not going to happen. In fact, it's going to do, do the opposite. So that's why sleeping around before you're married, it's just not appropriate. It's only going to do you damage. Sorry, was that too much, too quick? It's the reality. Sexual immorality, like be pure, purify yourself. Like I want to be pure before the Lord in every season of my life. How about pornography? And everybody like doesn't look at me. That's, that's an answer to something that you're, it's, it's not the answer that you're looking for. It's a total lie. I don't know how I got lost on that. Having lost all sensitivity, you look for something that, will, that you can feel. And your senses are the only things that you have in your human body. So you're going to look to do something that, that help, appeases your senses. Let me, let's, go to, let's go to Romans chapter 1 real quick. And this is the, the connection with the, that word futile that I talked about. Romans chapter 1. And we're going to, if you want to do a big study of just where the world is at and how things are going, um, read Romans 1 a couple of times this week, and you might come back twisted up in knots. Paul says this in verse 21, for although they knew God, basically Paul's giving a, a, he's giving a, a, a defense that everybody knows God just by creation, just by creation alone. The human has an understanding that there is a God, there is a creator. You cannot look outside and deny God is basically what he's saying here. So verse 21, it says, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile. Their thinking became futile. Just say stinking thinking, okay? We have to watch our thinking and our thinking can get stinking like quickly. It's very easy to do. And their foolish hearts were darkened. Further away, you pull away from the Lord. This is, this is the theme here. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. I know what I should do. I should create an idol that God made. What? You're going to make something to, to worship that God created. Therefore, 
this verse should, again, I'm, I'm allowing the word to speak here. Therefore, God gave them over to, to, in their sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator. Does that make anybody else just like want to slide out of your seat a little bit? I've got to maintain my heart in a posture that says, Lord, here's my heart. Dare not make it hard. Dare not, I, I, I slowly fade away. Listen, choice, I hear Paul saying, choice matters here. If you fly a plane from San Francisco and you're off by two degrees and you're trying to get to New York, you're going to wind up in Orlando. Two degrees seems like nothing at the beginning, but it's massive in the end. So our choices today matter. And Jesus will meet you today, now, to help course correct that correction I was talking about. It's not even off by like much at all. It's just a little tweak. And that's going to bring life to not just you, but your family around you. Go to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 4. We're almost there. 1 Peter chapter 4. I'm going to read 1 through 5 here. And this connects with Ephesians 4. This is why I'm doing this. You'll see Romans 1 and 1 Peter 4 here uh, referenced in Ephesians 4, just even in those first 17, 18, and 19, often. So that's why you can connect these. But I love that we can come to Peter because this is a different author. This is Peter, the apostle Peter. And instead of Paul, right? So, so we get a different perspective, but something very similar. It says, therefore, since Christ suffered in this body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. <laughs> Sign me up. I want to suffer in my body. But listen, we have to make choices, right? That, that keep us on track with the Lord. If I'm going to make a choice for my body, right, the, sen- the sensuality that I was just talking about, it's going to draw me away from the Lord. It's going to put me in a darker place. It's going to make my heart hard. Therefore, I'm only going to do that more, and it becomes a cycle. But whoever suffers in the body is done with sin, saying, no, I- I'll give my body up. Here you go, Lord. Here I am. I'm giving it up <clears throat> for you. Verse 2, as a result, they do not live the rest of their life, their earthly life for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. That's the huge difference there. Verse three, but for you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do. That's the Gentile living that Paul was talking about. Living in debauchery. Let me just tell you about debauchery right now. This is how the, the Greek, it says, total debauchery, unashamed indecency, unbridled lust, unrestrained depravity. The person with this characteristic has an insolent defiance of public opinion, sinning in broad daylight with arrogance and contempt. Do we not see this all over the place in the world right now, in the nation? Broad daylight, 
I don't care what you think. You go to church, whatever. Let me burn down this building because I have emotions. What on earth? One choice, two choices, three choices, four choices. You're going to wind up in South Africa eventually. So doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, arousing, and detestable idolatry. They are surprised that you do not join them in their reckless, wild living, and they heap abuse on you. Dare you have a voice. Right? That's probably one of the main reasons Christians don't really, like, take a stand. Because you're going to get lambasted. So how do we stand firm yet love? Well, you're going to, he says it, you're, Christ suffered in his body. You're going you're gonna to be persecuted. Well, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand with love, though. I'm going to stand with this, this adherence to Jesus that says, I totally disagree with you, but I sure do want to share the love of Christ with you. Verse 5, but they will have to give, this is amazing. This is what Paul said. They will have to give account to him who is, our, who is ready to judge the living and the dead. So Peter says that. Paul says it to Timothy. So here, here it is again. Would you turn with me to, to 1 Kings? And I'm going to close with this, 1 Kings. I've been reading through 1 Kings pretty slowly, just chewing on a lot of the stories. And, and this is, I know, <laughs> crazy. It's about the kings of Israel and Judah. So in history, I love, I love learning about um, different leaders and how they, how they responded to their situation. It's just so fascinating to me. I can see good leadership really quickly. I can see really bad leadership. And so this is a really unique story that I wanted to bring to account for us because I think this is where the church has to, has to we don't draw a line, we take a stand. And that's different. There's a difference between saying, I'm here, you're there. As soon as you come over here, we're good. But until you do, whatever. So it's really unique. Here's, this, here's the story of Elijah confronting Ahab. And it's just before uh, Mount Carmel experience, okay? Uh, it's just before this where, where the 450 prophets of Baal come and they try to do their thing and Elijah kind of pokes fun at them. It's a really great story, actually. It's really phenomenal. But it's just before this where Elijah confronts Ahab the king of Judah, of Israel, right? He's supposed to be a godly anointed king. And Ahab has been hunting Elijah down and he hasn't been able to find him. And so finally, Elijah says, okay, fine. I'm right here. Let's come talk. And here's the story. If you start with me, 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 16. It says this to Obadiah, who was another prophet that uh, Elijah used to connect with Ahab. Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. Okay, so here's Elijah uh, meeting up with this, this horrible king, Ahab. And this is what Ahab says. Is that you, you troubler of Israel? Don't you love that? You troublemaker. You're the one who makes chaos. You're the one who, 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 who starts riots. That's another word in Acts that the, they try to use on, on, the, on the apostles. And Elijah, I love this. He says, I have not made trouble for Israel, 
Elijah replied, but you and your father's family have. You've abandoned the Lord's commands and followed the Baals. Now summon the people from all over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel and bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets from Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. That's Ahab's wife. Verse 20, so Ahab sent word throughout all Israel and assembled all the, all the prophets on Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people, so because all the people will come at this point too. And he said, and this is, the, this is for us, guys. This is for us. How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. Elijah's basically like, look, guys, you're God's chosen people. Do you believe that God is God or do you believe that this, this Baal is God? I don't, he's, it's almost like, I don't really care, but follow after whichever one. You cannot do both. You can't do both. And, and, and I'm like praying about this. Lord, how do, how do we respond to this? And it's just that simple question. Are you the Lord's? Have you surrendered your heart to the Lord? You say you believe, but you, your actions, your life, your thought, your, the way in which you do things is so contrary to the Lord. This is the moment where you get to say, I'm done with that other side of things. I'm surrendering my heart now. What I find astonishing here is right after he says, but if Baal is God, follow him. And then right after that, you can see it on the board or in your Bibles but the people said nothing. It, it's the reality. It, we read it in Timothy. The people of God will begin to turn away from sound doctrine. Friends, the reason we're turning away from sound doctrine is because we're turning away from the word of God. So, it's a moment for you to say, hey, this is my own heart check. Am I following the Lord? Am I, am I surrendering to the Lord or to the world or whatever else it is? And I just want to encourage you, jump in, watch and see what the Lord does. Can we stand together? We're going to close out in prayer. Sorry, I went a little long, but I just want to finish reading this passage in Ephesians. It's up on the board so you'll be able to see it. I know you probably put your Bibles in. It says this, it says you were taught us in verse 22 with regard to your former way of life to put off the old self. And so many of us in the room, you know, you're, you're living out for Jesus, all of that. But there are times when we, we, we pick that old self up and it's a dusty, nasty, old, like skeleton of, of your old self, and you go, what, 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 am, what am I doing? Jesus has made you new. Which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. And he says, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Friends, choice, these choices really matter. I want to encourage you to eat something fresh on the daily. 
this is just this is just a product of reading the word this week, like over and over and just processing these things. And the Lord is speaking deeply to, I think, a lot of us. We've got to learn how to love. But it says, 1 John says that it was, it's the Lord who, who loves us so much. He, he lavished his love upon you. It's like he, he like, uh, you would know this in sports, like the coach wins and they pour the Gatorade bottle bucket over him, which I would think is horrible because he'd be sticky. I don't like being sticky, but just fresh water, right? Just drench you over with his love. You've got to receive that love that the Father has for you before you think you can ever, ever, ever share the same type of love for anybody else. So whatever the barrier is, this is the moment where you just surrender it to the Lord. So let's pray. Jesus, we we just come before you and are so grateful for you. We thank you that you're full of grace and truth. And so by the power of the spirit that lives in each of us, as we say yes to you, Jesus, you empower us to live with both of those in hand, Lord, with love, with great, incredible love, but also with truth. Lord, I feel like sometimes in in this, maybe this generation, We've let go of truth. We've watered it down. We've allowed other thoughts to creep in, other ideologies to creep in, other lies from the enemy. So Lord, we just simply come to you and say, Jesus, I'm so sorry. I I come to your word that's living and active, that you set before me. And I thank you that I can trust you. Even when I disagree, even when I have the hardest feelings against it, I can trust you because you're faithful You are consistent. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, Father, do this. Put on our new self, Lord. Lord, may we just come to you and say, Lord, that old way of living is gone. A new start today, a fresh start today, in Jesus' mighty, holy, wonderful name. We thank you that you are the one who brings transformation. So bring transformation through who you are, through your word that never returns void. So we stand upon your word in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen. Hey, you guys, another thing. It's another reason to come to Foundations on Wednesday night. Just to, to help, just to build those foundations. So I love you. I love you so much. I know we took you, uh, took, let you stay in a little too long, but have a, have a wonderful day. If you need prayer, we'd love to pray with you. If not, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening today. We hope that this week's message encouraged you. Life Church meets every Sunday at 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. here in Chico, California. You can also listen to us online during our 9 a.m. live stream. We would love the opportunity to connect with you, so please visit our website, lifechurchchico.org.